Caution. Learning in progress. Hello, everybody, and thank you so much for listening to another episode of Smarter Every Season. My name is Tyler Hubert, and you are listening to the podcast that is brought to you by the product support team here at Precision Planting. And right away, off the bat, I want to bring in Tim Rice, who's co-hosting this episode with me. And Tim, I just said that this podcast is brought to you by the product support team here. But Tim is a marketing intern that's joined us through the summer and uh, I don't want to say I lied, but yeah, well, you're going to be helping me co-host this. So we there's there's a, a marketing element also in this, <laughs> yeah, there is. In this episode today. Yep. Tell us a little bit about Tim. How did you, what have you been doing for the last couple months here at Precision? Um, where are you from? And then I, I, I do want you to hit on how you found out about this, because I do want some folks listening to know that there are marketing positions that, you know, we want some help and we, we value having interns on and I want them to hear, you know, what you've been doing and then how you found out about it. So if they know somebody out there that's interested, they know maybe the next steps for that person. Yeah. My name is Timothy Rice. I'm a recent graduate from Dallas Baptist university where I received a broadcast digital media degree. I was born and raised in Trema, Illinois. So I'm very familiar with precision planting as a company and heard about this internship from my brother, Zach, who actually serves as the safety manager here at precision planting. It was then that I applied for a marketing internship. And so the process was quite simple. Bryce Baker called me over the phone for about a 20 minute phone call. And then he actually brought me in in person. And then they offered me the internship over the summer. And so I was very excited. And over these past couple months, months, it's actually been my job as the intern to video and record the other interns and to develop and tell their stories. It's been cool to see the wide variety of internships that are even here at Precision Planting. I I think of our Bloomington office, which is a little bit more technical. It's user experience, user interface stuff. And I think of R&D, research and development, agronomists, and even in the marketing department. There's just a wide variety, um, product support, all of these different sections of precision planting. And it's been cool to see the interns and see what they're working on. And and so when I'm going around and I'm developing these stories, there's one common denominator and one common theme that I'm seeing from interns at precision planting. And it's that they feel that they're able to take ownership of their work. They feel trusted and they also love the opportunity to take what they're learning in the classroom and apply it to real life. And I can attest to that as well, Um, just with video editing and audio editing, some of the things that I've learned in the classroom now translating to actual work. And so it's awesome to be a part of a company that really values young learners. Um, And obviously there's areas that we need to grow in as well, but also Precision believes in better. And so they value what you've learned in your time at school. And I even think of our interns at PTI. A lot of them go to Iowa State, Purdue, the University of Illinois. And so they're able to take what they've learned in school and apply it to the trials that are being tested at the PTI farm. And so if you know somebody that's interested in ag or doesn't have a technical ag background, reach out to them and just have them apply for the internship program. Yeah, thank you to you too because 
you have edited a handful of different episodes for us over the last couple months, and so I thank you for that. Um, you, we joked a little bit before we actually hit the record button here that you weren't one hundred percent sure how you submitted your resume. <laughs> so just to give everybody some some clarity there, and I, um, I think. This is what we want them to do. Even if you don't remember, <laughs> we want them to go online, search careers on precisionplanning.com and see what's available. And that's that's the best way to submit a resume and get our get our attention, kind of mm-hmm. take that next step. So For sure. awesome. A couple a uh, couple notes that I want to hit on here before we get started. We are still giving away a cooler uh, or we did in the, the month of August is probably the better way to say it. So I want everybody to stick around for the end of this episode when Tim and I are going to come back and announce who the winner is of that cooler contest. So for anybody that submitted ideas, each idea you submitted, the name of your dealership went into a hat and we are going to select a winner and we will at the end of the interview today announce who that winner is. But you got to stick around for the end of the episode. But with that, we're going to shift gears and go ahead and bring in the guest for today. And I want to introduce Gabe Scheidt, who is the region manager. Gabe, I'm going to actually have you discuss what area you cover, because I know it's Kansas, but I think it's some additional areas that maybe I'm not 100% familiar of. But Gabe is the region manager out in Kansas, and he's going to talk to us about Clarity, which is a product line that we've rebranded. And so we want to kind of express the value of Clarity. And Gabe is excited. He told me before we came on. He's got a bottle of water. He's got his cup of coffee and he's got an empty bladder. So he's checked all three boxes (laughs) and he's got a pulse. So that's the kind of guest that we're looking for. (laughs) So Gabe, start off by introducing yourself and then tell me where all you cover. Absolutely. Yeah. uh, My name is Gabe. Um, I'm a farmer from Montana. Uh, I joined the precision planning team uh, just about three years ago here and uh, came down, moved out of Montana into Kansas, uh, not knowing anybody, um, just to be able to join the precision planting team and uh, I've been blessed to be the uh, representation for Precision in the state of Colorado and western Kansas. There's a nice north-south line along the county lines. Uh, basically, it goes down uh, about five miles east of Great Bend, uh, Kansas. But that vertical line for the county lines is, is the territory that I cover from that line west. And you are quite the hunter, but you're a better <laughs> hunter with your vehicle. Your wife is actually a very good hunter <laughs> with live rounds. Did you just do this to me? I, yes. Yeah, I did. I think yes. In Montana, I was blessed to live on a, a chunk of ground that was really blessed with the amount of wildlife. I mean, everything from elk and mountain lion and black bear all the way down to just abundant amounts of snow geese and pheasant um, ducks along the river. Cool. So I've always had a respect for the, the animals. But What I really <laughs> wanted to get to in that answer was that earlier you admitted, too, that your wife enjoys hunting, and she was eight years in the Navy. Is that correct? Yes, she was. Okay, yep, so She served the country in the Navy for eight years and did a couple tours over in Iraq. So what I really um, wanted to highlight there is just thanking her for her service. I thought that might be the best thing that would come out of that. So. <laughs> absolutely. We are very yes, grateful. absolutely worth the time. So, Gabe, let's start here. We had a system that we referred to as a BXM system. It was a blockage monitoring system that was largely for air seeders. But that system has progressed a lot more. That That's its grassroots, if you will. That's where it started. Now we refer to that system as Clarity, and it does so much more. And you yes. are excited to talk about that. So let's start there. What is Clarity? Absolutely. What makes up the system? What all can it do? Yeah. So as you stated, you know, Clarity, we want to think about as a system. For those of you that have been around for a while, you've heard uh, us say in a BXM, right? And the BXM is the name of a module that we utilize inside of the Clarity system. So when you think Clarity, I want you to think of a BXM module, a blockage expansion module, a Dickie John 
seed sensor, whether that's a 25 millimeter or a 32 millimeter, as long as it's a three pin weather pack, as well as a Gen 3 2020 monitor running the latest version of software. Mm-hmm. So that system, the BXM, the seed sensors that growers often already own, and the monitor is what equals the clarity system. For us Corn Belt guys, this type of seed sensor is not what you would have on a seed tube on a planter. It's a circular sensor. It would go inside of a a tube. Yeah. The biggest differentiator to understand is the difference between a singulated crop and a non-singulated crop. So Mm -hmm. when we're talking about row crop planters and we have a single seed fall past a sensor, we're getting a singulation reading off of that. And inside of granular systems, those granulars are passing through that seed sensor. We're reading those pulses, but we're doing that on a a volume basis, but it's not on a seed by seed basis, if that makes sense. So singulated versus a non-singulated crop is a major differentiator in this conversation. Is there anything else that makes up that system? BXM, blockage expansion module. So basically what that is, it's a module where you can tie in, I think, 12 of these different C-tube sensor connections, correct? Yeah, I I think the easiest thing to do here is, if I can for a second, you know, I can can draw out the entire system in your mind in 30 seconds or less. Oh yeah, go for Um, it. Okay, yeah, we've got our monitor and our DVM in the cab, our display-based module. Um, Coming out of the back of that uh, DVM, we convert from 12 pin down to eight pin. It's a it's a sensing harness, right? So we aren't controlling anything with clarity at this point. So we convert down to a sensing harness and that, and you know, for those who have been around for a while, sensing harnesses are quite a bit more economical than a control harness. So we come out the back of that DVM and we go back to our hitch where we have a connection point. And then if our drill or our implement is the next thing we see from there, we're just connecting um, a can expansion or a uh, can extension, if you will, over to our first tower, or if we're a box drill, over to our first BXM module. That BXM module has 12 inputs into it. Um, it has a can in and a can out, so you can link BXM modules. Um, and then when you take on each row, we have one of those uh, seed sensors that we convert from a three pin weather pack to our connection with plugs into that BXM. Um, those 12 ports on the BXM are labeled one through 12. Uh, so they're identified and we have to remember that because we identify in the monitor later, which row is plugged into which which allows us the ability to run things in whatever fashion is cleanest. I think it's a very important step. So we can link as many of those BXMs together as needed, um, as long as we keep our total can length below, you know, our 130 feet. Uh, most guys I see, you know, out here, I have a lot of 40 foot, uh, 40 foot air seeders, uh, a lot of box drills on a 40 foot air seeder. You know, I'll put a 12 foot extension in between each of those towers. So we have enough room for that to go over and up and zip tie everything cleanly. At the very end of that last BXM, um, where we get to our total number of rows, we just terminate it. And that's the complete system. Awesome, Gabe. Can you maybe just elaborate on what all can Clarity be used on? Any granular product, right? A non-singulated product is what we're designed for. But outside of that black and white, where we see it used is going to be any of your seeds. So whether you're doing you know, wheat or barley or canola or soybeans, um, any of your fertilizers, anything that we're sending a granular system past, the sky's the limit. It really kind of opens the doors to where you can use it. And I think that's the thing that's most exciting to me. You know, you'll hear me say the word cedar or drill often because Colorado and Western Kansas has a very, very high number of cedars per planter, per row crop planter. Um, So the opportunity here is huge. But another excellent opportunity here is inside of our strip till. So strip till rigs that have granular fertilizer flowing by, this is a fantastic economical option to verifying that that implement is performing in the way that we think it is, or we unfortunately hope it is. Gabe, I think it is important here to highlight, you said economical a couple times. And 
frankly, what that makes me think of, and I'm guessing folks listening, is price. That mm-hmm. there is, especially if somebody already has a Gen 3, this is not that much more money to have a system on that can basically monitor every row. Absolutely. Uh, the opportunity when you get to visiting with growers is, is huge. I mean, we have to step out and be willing to have that conversation with guys. But when we do, I mean, the easiest conversation is the guy that already has a, a Gen 3, right? Because that's the cost of a Gen 3. And I'll let you extrapolate off of this. You know, a 40-foot air seeder with six towers. So let's say 40-some runs. A third of the total cost of that impl- or that system is in the monitor. And then when we go to the seed sensors, most seed sensors that were made in the last five years are already a three-pin weather pack, and many were three-pin prior to that. Mm-hmm. So if a grower has a Gen 3 monitor and he already has three-pin weather pack sensors for a blockage system, then two-thirds of the cost is already paid for. And we're only looking at a four-digit number to absolutely yes. change the way in which he makes one of his passes on the farm each year. I'm glad to hear you say that because I didn't want to sound ignorant because you've probably done more quoting of this than I have. But that's what I want to highlight is for a few thousand dollars, uh, a guy could have blockage monitoring on, on every row. Um, Correct. So I think the next thing that in my mind is, is if, I, if I'm a dealer, then Gabe, teach me how to sell it. How do I sell the value of this to a grower? And and the other thing I want to sneak in and highlight here real quick, too, is you said the word drill. I think if we go to air seeder, the corn belt guys maybe could tune out. I want to keep those guys' attention because, you know, I, I live in the corn belt. We live in central Illinois. Okay. Not a lot of air seeders around here, but both my in-laws that farm in the area and my father have drills. And so I, I want to make sure we keep those guys' attention that we're still talking to those guys. But teach me. Uh, how to sell it. And, and one of the things that I think you've said before that's really valuable is really this is the time of year is is when that combine starts to roll. This is kind of the time of year to to talk about that. And and maybe there's some wheat harvest, too, with that conversation that could come in, you know, in the July time frame, depending on where you're at in the United States. But why is harvest time the best time to show the value of this system? And then how do you coach on showing the value of the system? Absolutely. Um, so you said me teach you as a dealer. So let me ask you real quick, how long have you been a dealer? Cause that changes how I approach this. Mm. Okay. Well now, now I want to have multiple conversations. So can I, can I say I've been a dealer for a year and then when you're done, I'm going to change to, I've been a dealer for five or six. Absolutely. Okay. Let's start with one okay. year. As a, as a new dealer, this is for the first time in precision's history, our entry into this market that allows growers the ability to see what's actually happening on their implement behind them. Many of my dealers who are newer than two years don't have a frame of reference to understand how little technology is actually on these implements. Going back, any device that is putting, any implement that is putting out a granular product through a hose that is an inch or inch and a quarter, uh, we're being specific, 25 millimeter, 32 millimeter, you know, 45 millimeter, we have the ability to give visual feedback to what is actually happening. There are many implements out there that have sensors that sense blockage, but blockage means I no longer see your product passing by my sensor. In my experiences, blockages are kind of rare. Partial blockages happen very often. Many times we get a partial blockage in a flowing product and it clears itself without us knowing, but that process of it clearing might be over the course of 10 passes or a field. And so this system allows us to see not just that we have a blockage, but rather that we are seeing, 
hey, I am sensing 24% less of this run than you're saying I should see. And it gives us the ability to stop and make that change before we're in the combine cap later on looking at our mistakes for three weeks on end. So I think it's important first on newer dealers to explain, we can't just assume that these $500,000 implements are coming with the same trim package that your $35,000 car is coming with because some of the technology that's out there you know it's 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 not safe to assume that growers have this on their new new implement now if you're an older dealer right if you've been around for a while yeah let's let's easy, switch to that five or six year guy or more yes the easiest that the, the best thing to relate it to is do you remember the first day you put a seed sense in a tractor for a grower mm. do you remember the first time that you were able to show a grower something called singulation spacing Right. And I don't want to get tied up in the fact that we are providing those metrics because we are not. But that level of information that was available to the row crop guys at that point, that aha moment, right, that, wow, I can't believe I've never seen this before. That happened over a decade ago in the row crops. We now have the opportunity to change that grower's attitude towards the planting past looking deeper what it's actually doing for the first time is giving the small grains or the strip till or the guy that's using the granular product giving him a reason to push the clutch in and stop the tracker and make a change as opposed to waiting until the yields come in realizing he could have done better mm -hmm. and to me i think that is monumental to be able to to stop things before they impact our pocketbook is huge, especially in this day and age. I'm going to venture to guess, and I am a bit ignorant when it comes to non-singulated crops, but I'm going to guess that a lot of these things, like a situation where one row is only putting out 75% of the population it should be, you can see those from the combine cap. That That's impactful because as you harvest, you can see, oh, I had a problem there. Oh, shoot, I had a problem there. And that's what makes that conversation very impactful is that, hey, we could have showed you that. So back up in Montana, uh, we were raising barley. When I would take and get out of the tractor to stretch or to refill with seed or whatever it was, the only way I had of knowing whether I had a plugged row or not was to walk around my 1590 box drill and look at the green bar to see if I saw any purple seed coating or seed sitting on top of it, where it would flow out of the individual meters on each run. You know, if, if I did happen to have a plug on a hose, you know, you'd take your baseball cap off and you'd raise the drill in the air take your baseball cap off and start shaking that hose around till you clear the plug and <laughs> catch a catch a, a, a hat full of seed and try to put it back in the tank. When we when we talk about the combine pass, um, that is a fantastic time to have these conversations. I mean, it's easy to call up a guy and have him say, yeah, you know, I'm, I'm too busy. I'm combining right now. You know, instead of taking a no for that answer, be like, well, where are you at? Drop me a pin. Grab a Snickers bar and iced tea and go wait at the end of the field and jump up. Every combine has a buddy seat. There's 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 three really good things about when you're driving a, an implement. One is, well, of course, when somebody brings you lunch. Right? Yes. But the moment the moment somebody jumps into a cab with you is a really nice break in the day. And the only thing that beats that is when they get out <laughs> of the cab. <laughs> but jump up in there, drop the Snickers bar, and visit with them and ride for a pass. And you will be amazed from that elevated position in the combine cab. You have a much better field of view of, of how that crop has grown, how the sprayer performed and how the planter or the, the seeder performed or your strip till. I got to keep pulling it back to our other implements. Yeah. Um, but when you're in that cab and you see that that row was plugged, you can't not stare at it. Everything else looks uniform and your eyes are naturally drawn to that mistake. And so for three <laughs> weeks, you are staring at every mistake that you have made in that planting past. 
you know, and a lot of times it's not just a skip uh, a one plugged row. A lot of times, you know, on tower based cedars, you might see 50% reduced flow to that entire tower. And if it happens to be on the end, you know, the outside wing of that implement, that mistake is doubled up every time you turn around. So discussing that stand from that elevated position in that window, you're both staring forward at the same thing. You're not making eye contact. It's not awkward in the office. And it gives you a chance to just be two farmers in a cab for a little bit. I think that when growers realize that there's an option out there to prevent them from having to stare at their mistakes for three weeks straight, and you build a quote, and it lands at the price point it does, it lands at a price point where the grower reaches in and grabs a checkbook and writes a check. It's not at a price point where they have to call for financing options. You know, it's an emotional purchase because they are not going to make that mistake again. One of the things I love bringing up in my planter clinics or in discussions is, you don't have to raise your hand, but how many of you guys have ever planted 70 acres of fertilizer? And you let that sit for a second. And the guys that happen to have carts and they're plant putting down fertilizer and seed, they're all going to remember that one time where a chain mm -hmm. broke and they were only putting fertilizer down. But their blockage system said, I see product flowing. There's not a blockage. You're good to go. There's something here. Yeah. Yes. So. You have mentioned a couple times population and singulation. In that conversation of that dealer that's been around for five or six years and thinking about the first time that you put a seed sense on a tractor with a planter, seeing the value of population and singulation, I, I want to be upfront that we don't talk population and singulation with obviously non-singulated crops. Correct. We talk more about magnitude and uniformity. Those are kind of the key metrics that I want to pay attention to. You've also talked a little bit about volumetric and what it means to make a volumetric measurement, which is magnitude. So can you talk a little bit about the coaching that you give with what does magnitude mean and what does uniformity mean? And and when do I need to push the clutch in when I see changes with those two? What, what's the coaching there? You know, again, just like you said, just to reiterate, we are not showing singulation, okay? We are not showing spacing in between seeds. This is a different product. This, when we talk about the word magnitude, the definition, I've got it pulled up here in front of me. I mean, magnitude is a metric showing the amount of product flowing through the sensors, giving you a row by row comparison. We have to be careful in how we represent it because when we are not controlling the rate, then magnitude has to remain a metric that is mm -hmm. given for that we can compare when things are functioning properly versus when they are not. And what I mean by this is as we plant for a little bit, you know, and we see what we deem as normal. I mean, that that's, that's the assumption that has to take place. You know, when we know things are working properly and we can see our row by row details on our, our DMC on the bottom of the 2020, just like we're used to, you know, in our planter pass. But when we see differentiation or when we see different levels of performances on a row by row basis or on a tower by tower basis, that magnitude in relation on that bar chart is what leads us to where should I be looking for a potential problem. So it's really important that when we're sitting with growers and we're talking that we do not say the word rate, okay? We do not say pounds. We have the ability in clarity or after clarity to add what we call a power injection harness and take control over PWM hydraulic motors so that we can control the rate. And at that point, that becomes a fair conversation. But in the meantime, magnitude is just a metric showing the amount of product flowing through the sensors. The value in something like that is that volumetric measurement may not be in pounds per acre. So be prepared for that. But the value in it is for that guy that you mentioned earlier that has planted 70 acres of just fertilizer. If your other rows were hitting rate, ah, see, I just did it. I said rate. See, 
it's, it's a tough one. It's a tough one there, but you're right. So like if we end up if, reducing the amount of product that's flowing through that hose by a factor of 40 or 50%, which is typically when either our seeding or our fertilizer, and again, this is on small grain stuff, right? Yep, yep. But, but when one of those two products cease to flow, then we see our magnitude number drop by 40% or right. 50%. And it immediately, if you're, if you're familiar with the 2020, we start painting red immediately and we get an alert. And so the thing that's really neat about that is we are measuring right before the seed exits the row. And so we aren't using seconds to calculate how long it takes for that seed to flow back. We are measuring at the seed exit point, well, very close to it within a couple of feet, right? Mm -hmm. But we can see to the point where that seed stopped flowing and we only planted fertilizer. And so I think that is beyond valuable because when we turn back around, you know, we fix a problem, we come back in and to put our implement back in the ground, we know it at the exact moment of where we had ceased full functionality. That visibility is not available on the vast majority of implements out there. Yes. Thank you. That's the point I was trying to get to is that we will still be able to help that guy. We will be able to see that there was a decrease and the amount of product coming out. And you did a much better job of getting to where I was trying to get to. I'm, I'm learning, buddy. Bear, bear with That's me. all right. I'm, if you can't tell, I'm really passionate about this because I think of the number of ways that it could have changed our operation in Montana more than I can even express. Yeah. Um, so you shared a story too about a conversation that you recently had with a dealer about the impact that I think this can have across many farms. Can you talk on that story that you shared? Yeah. So recently I was having a conversation with a, a dealer who was giving me a little bit of pushback saying, you know, look, I'm, I'm comfortable building planters. We're getting really good at what we do. I like being known for this, you know, and I think he was asking me, you're going to have to make your point in order for me to go down this path. And, <laughs> and so I, I asked him, I said, okay, I said, uh, so what's your typical planter sale size? And he gives me his answer. I said, okay, so how long does it take for you to install that quantity of sale? And he gives me his answer again. I said, okay, Take the first number and divide it by the second number. He kind of cocks his head and he kind of looks at me. I said, no, go ahead. I said, divide that $70,000 sale or well, you know, whatever it works for you know the guys listening to the operation. Divide that out by the number of days it takes you to install that. And what's that dollars per day? Okay, and so he gets that answer and says, all right, so you know what a clarity system runs? He says, yeah. So how long does it take you to install it? He says, less than a day. I said, okay. Divide that number by one. Which one's larger? You know, if you think about it, time is the one thing that we can't make more of, right? And if our mission is truly to impact the highest number of farms as possible, if our mission is to keep the small communities alive and keep the family farm in operation, what is more beneficial for our communities? To impact one farm every two and a half weeks or to impact a farm a day. That to me just speaks, you know, our, our mission statement of, of, of keeping the American farm running you know, and allowing us to all, you know, to believe in better, you know, to, to borrow catchphrase, right? Mm -hmm. um, I think it stands really strong. You know, and there, there is, there's pushback in some guys, you know, and it, we look at the, the businesses that we work with, you know, our precision businesses that are all across the country. And we think, you know, this is what has built me. You know, I don't want to, we're uncomfortable being uncomfortable. And I think we have to be comfortable with that because that's how we grow. Mm -hmm. As we continue to penetrate our local markets, with Delta Force and V-Drive and things, I think it's crucial that we keep our eyes open to other opportunities, even if they're not something that we ourselves would be using on our personal farm. Love you it. know, and I th it's, it's crucial for us to keep th saying words like strip till, uh, box drill, cedar, 
you know, to, to explain how many ways that we can touch different farms in the country, the going down this path and learning this product line, it opens so many doors that otherwise we'd walk right on by. One of the things that has surprised me the most without getting into numbers is I would be willing to bet right now, when I look at the number of clarity systems we have sold in the calendar year 23, by my estimation, I would bet that 35 to 40% of those sales have went onto farms that have never had a 2020. And if you talk to a dealer, right, that first sale is the hardest one. Getting onto that farm for the first time is the hardest thing to do from a dealership perspective. And so if we have a product right here that not only lands at a price point where they grab the checkbook as opposed to making a call to the bank, and it gets that 2020 monitor on the farm, that door is now open for us to have those conversations of, look, you already have that monitor, let's take a look at your planner. Or we have sprayers coming. Everything moving forward is on this platform, mm -hmm. you know, on this new version of software on the Gen 3 2020. And I think that is a huge opportunity that we do not want to miss. And I think that's what we're looking to highlight here is the opportunity. And I want to make sure that message is what, what comes through. What I don't want guys to hear is prioritize this over like a big planner sale. No, 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 no. The opportunity is again, what we want to highlight in this story is that there is a lot of opportunity here for some wins and to impact a lot of farms. And it's, it's profitable for you and for, for growers. That's the thing. That's the message here. And I think you've done a great job with that. Yeah. Gabe, as we've talked about what is clarity, what all it can be used on, how to sell from the seat of a combine. Are there any other features of the system that you want to discuss? Absolutely. You know, we, we've only touched on magnitude. We also have two other metrics called uniformity and deviation. Those are just, you can select them for your drop down, just like you would any other map layer um, during a planter pass. But uniformity is uh, basically a percentage value that shows how evenly the system is delivering that product to each row. There's also a deviation map that allows us to see how each row compares to the average being applied. I really like the deviation map because when, you know, we have employees on the farm and maybe the guy that's usually operating an implement can't be running the tractor, so we have to put another employee in. The product deviation map is a very, very simplified map that allows us to say, I accept the way my drill is running right now. I want you to uh, simplify the output and I want you to only alert me if I have a row that drastically begins to overperform or underperform. And so I think that deviation map is something that we can use very often when we want to keep it simple um, and just be alerted of a catastrophic failure. And you can change the alert levels to where you're alerting at X percentage versus having it fine-tuned versus I only want to be alerted when the left half of my implement falls off. We, can, <laughs> we have the ability to change that in there so that we can choose between I want to aim for perfection here or hey, there's a rain cloud coming. I need to enter get her done mode. Yeah. You know, the other thing that I am really happy with is uh, R&D has come up with a uh, harness called a power injection harness that we can take and utilize with a clarity system to where we can step a grower up from just sensing where we can go in and take control. So this is not just a dead end road of just clarity. We have the ability after they've used this for a year or two to say, you know what? I didn't realize that my ground drive was putting out a different amount when I turned left than when I turned right, you know? And so when, when as growers have this information, they're able to see the lack of uniformity, right? Out of their implement on their farm, we can then come back in and offer them solutions to where we can take control of that. And now, you know, we can take that ground drive system off and you can change your rate from the screen. So it's definitely not a dead end product. 
it's an on-ramp to a whole slew of offerings. So, Gabe, as we kind of wrap up here, what is your final challenge and action that you would hope dealers would take from this podcast? Yeah, my call to action, um, same thing that my guys in, in region are probably tired of hearing me say, but that is to dig into this. Um, there is so much more opportunity here than it looks like from the surface. Um, reach out and talk to growers. They have these pain points. I believe that the vast majority of the country has no idea that there is an option like this. And if we can come to them and say, and it's on the monitor you already own, it's a huge win. To dealers that are in areas where they think that this does not apply to me, I challenge you to don't close your eyes to it. Don't turn your back to it. Um, be comfortable being uncomfortable. Uh, sign up for the training session at Tremont or dealer training um, and see what this system is capable of because once you immerse yourself in this, you will see so many opportunities around you. If we can unlock this, we are looking at uh, a heck of a way to move forward. So it really excites me. No, absolutely, man. I think that's why you're the right person to come on and talk about that. And so we are very grateful for the time you've given us today to come on and do that. Thank you very much, Gabe. Thank you, guys. So as most of you are hopefully aware, we have been having a contest here for about the last month through the month of August, where we asked dealers to submit any ideas that they had for podcast episodes that would have value to their dealership. I'm happy to say that we had nearly 30 different ideas come in. So I just want to thank you to everybody who participated and passed those along to Smarter Every Season at precisionplanning.com. And what we did was basically took every idea that was submitted and for every idea um, that came from a dealership, that dealership's name went into a hat. And we drew out of a hat and have selected a winner for a cooler. And I'm happy to announce, Tim, that the winner of that cooler is Clayton Tonner from Tonner Precision Services out of Decatur, Indiana. Congratulations. Yeah. Again, just a thank you to everybody who did participate. There's a ton of really good ideas that came in, and some of them were duplicate ideas. And so that's a really good way for us to know, too, that, hey, this is something that multiple dealers are saying would have value to their business. So we'll kind of highlight some of those episodes as we move forward over the coming months. Um, excited about being able to take some of those ideas and turn them into episodes and hope everybody enjoys. But wanted to just, again, say thank you and announce Clayton Tonner is the winner of that cooler giveaway. Tim, thanks so much for being here, man. This was a lot of fun. You put a lot of good thought into this. I'm glad you were uh, able to join us on this episode. Of course. Thanks for having me. Yeah. And thank you for all the work that you're going to do on the editing side of this too. So good stuff. Good stuff from Tim. Um, wish him well and kind of wherever life leads him next after this internship at Precision. And a special thanks to Gabe Scheidt too, who was our guest for jumping on this episode. Thank you all so much for listening. We look forward to coming to you again when there's time for another episode of Smarter Every Season. Smarter Every Season.